You're listening to The Thrive Podcast, where every week we dive into a practical, tactical tip to bring you from a life of simply surviving to thriving. It's personal development for the everyday girl who is done with coasting through her days, done with feeling like she's missing out on the deeper meaning of her own life, and done with mediocrity once and for all. Because it's not enough to simply survive, you deserve to thrive. Good morning, friends. I say that with intention and irony in the hopes that you're listening first thing in the morning. But chances are, if you're here, maybe you need a little help with mornings right now. I was noticing a really clear difference in my days depending on one determining factor, my morning. If I started the day strong, I stayed strong and ended the day strong too. Besides crossing more off of my to-do list, more importantly, I felt better overall, mind, body, and spirit. I was more productive and more effective at actually moving the needle in my life across the board, be that with my body or my faith or my work, even my relationship. So let's break it down and figure out exactly what it takes to A, get up earlier, B, get up earlier every day, and C actually not hate getting up earlier so that you're maximizing your mornings for what you want to make happen most in life. First things first, I don't think it's just about becoming a morning person. How your body performs in early mornings versus late nights is more about your own personal circadian rhythm and how you're just naturally wired. So I'm not going to sit here and say that if you do these things, you'll actually love mornings and wake up singing the sound of music with the birds. But I am saying that you can make your mornings happen. You can make the most of your mornings, which just might make mornings suck a little bit less. And maybe, just maybe, if you start to love the results you see from making mornings happen, you'll start to kind of sort of love mornings too. So key number one to mornings, you've got to want it. Key number two, just do the dang thing. I'd say the other D word to really nail it home, but I don't want a podcast on morning routines to get marked explicit. (laughs) So here's the thing, friends. Motivation does not come from feeling. It comes from doing. I'm naturally a very highly motivated person, and I still don't always feel like doing things. But think of a power plant. What does it do? It creates power. It creates energy. It doesn't just magically have it. It creates it every single day. You are a power plant. If you're not someone who is naturally inclined to rise with the sun or gasp before it, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be pretty, but it can be done. So here are five ways that I make the most of my mornings, become a morning person, whatever you want to call it, (laughs) that you can use too. Number one, commit 100%. A guy named Jack Canfield once said, 99% is a, you know what, (laughs) 100% is a breeze. And that idea hit me square in the face when I was struggling with my own morning routine and my own commitment about two weeks ago. I had been on a roll with it before that. I was getting up at 5 a.m. every morning, working out, doing my daily devotional, journaling, reading. I was rocking my mornings, and in turn, it was rocking my days because the momentum I created before the sunrise was impossible to slow down. But then something happened, and I don't even know what exactly. Let's call it life. Actually, let's call it what it was. It was Bachelor in Paradise. 
<laughs> Bachelor in Paradise happened, you guys. Every Monday and Tuesday night, I was staying up until 10, watching a bunch of Bachelor franchise rejects try to date each other on a beach in Mexico. And because of that decision, it made a 5 a.m. wake-up call near impossible unless I was down to feel like I got hit by a bus. So some mornings, I slept in. But not until 6 a.m., until like 7.30. And other mornings later in the week, I was back on the bandwagon and up at 5. But the kicker? I was still waking up feeling like I got hit by a bus. My body was so confused and it made it so much of a harder decision than it should have been to get up at five on those later days because holy crap does bed feel so good when you're all snuggled up in fall with the window open and a light breeze and oh my gosh, it's just the best. But you know what's even better? Hitting your goals, feeling really freaking good about yourself and proud of what you've done for you. Committing 99% is hard because it gives you that 1% wiggle room to quit or to fail. Committing 100% is easy because it gives you no other option than to just do it. Quick caveat here because it's important and worth noting. This is not something for, say, new mamas. Someone told me when I first had Olivia that it takes nine months to make a baby and nine months after that to get back to your best self too, and I couldn't agree more. Give yourself grace in your season and give yourself props for making a human being. Then when you're ready, you can commit 100%. So you have to commit. You have to go all in and commit so that your new routine can become a new habit. And this means you've got to do two things, which brings us to step number two, eliminate excuses and develop discipline. Listen, you can either make it happen or you can make an excuse. It's like that old saying, whether you think you can't or you think you can, you're right. Really, so much in life depends on our attitude towards it. I had what felt like a harsh realization recently when I came to terms with the fact that the only person responsible for my present unhappiness was me. If I felt like my house was a wreck, I should be taking the time to tidy up regularly, developing discipline to do something regular instead of waiting for it to reach tornado status. If I felt like Jamie and I were disconnected and distant, I should be taking the time to be intentional and exceptional as a wife because it takes two to tango and each person has to actively do their part to connect and to have a really great relationship. If I felt like I wasn't doing as well one month in my business, I should be taking the time to actively pitch partnership opportunities, to build relationships, to make introductions. Sitting there staring at a screen and hitting refresh on Gmail does absolutely nothing for a bottom line, let me tell you. You need to make time to make it happen. It will never magically appear or magically do itself. How much farther, better, stronger, whatever would you be tomorrow if you just quit the excuses and did it today? If you're sitting there like, Erica, I don't even know if I'm making excuses or being realistic, listen, I get it. It can be so hard to know whether to give yourself grace or a kick in the pants. And let me tell you, for someone like me, who is very literal and likes things black and white, the gray zone can be a struggle. So I like to try this trick to kick it up a notch regardless of where you're presently at. The gist is one degree. The difference is just one degree. One degree takes water from hot to boiling. And while hot water might just burn, boiling water can cook an egg or power a steam engine. It makes things happen. 
1% takes you from struggling to make decisions or fully committing to being in it to win it, no questions asked. One hour earlier takes you from waking up feeling behind before you've even gotten out of bed to feeling in control, taking better care of your mind, body, and spirit with intentional, dedicated you time. Sometimes we fall into a trap of thinking that our dreams and goals are so far away that they're simply unachievable, that our current routines are comfortable enough, and there's just too much complication that sits between where we are and where we want to be but that couldn't be farther from the truth. Sure, there's bound to be some discomfort in the process, but the best things in life, honey, they're not in your comfort zone. They live in a place beyond that. So it's time to get comfortable being uncomfortable and push past any excuse that's keeping you somewhere limiting. If your mind, body, heart, and or soul is not fulfilled in your current space, then your current space isn't the place for you. Okay, I know I just mentioned waking up an hour earlier, so this brings us to step number three, wake up an hour earlier. Friend, I'll be honest, I was getting up at 6 a.m. for years and thought I was doing it. I thought I was slaying the morning game, but deep down, I knew I wasn't because I still had this list of things for me that weren't happening. And really, it wasn't just for me. Your own self has to be healthy for everything else in your life to be healthy, be that your work, your relationships, or really anything else. I knew the things that weren't happening with my 6 a.m. wake up were directly correlated to areas in my life that weren't healthy, namely my body, my faith, and my mind. I felt weak. I felt weak because I was a varsity athlete for years of my life and then wasn't. My knees are anatomically crooked, and after years of competitively running, I can't run anymore. The cartilage there is gone, and it becomes excruciatingly painful to do what I once did daily, sometimes twice daily. So I'd feel sorry for myself, and then I'd let excuses kick in. I'd try this or that at the gym, but it wasn't my thing, so I'd flake around with it and never make it habitual. And fast forward a few years, I just felt weak. It wasn't even necessarily that I hated what I saw in a mirror as much as it was hating what I didn't see. Muscle. I was sick of being told, oh my god, you're so skinny, because I just wanted to be told I was strong. And I made this crazy connection of a realization that not feeling strong physically was impacting how I felt mentally. I knew that in order to take control of my mindset towards life, I needed to take control of my workouts again and intentionally build strength. A lot of this culminated this summer once I was finally at a place in motherhood where I could start adding a few things for me back onto my plate. And it happened too after going to a conference held by Rachel Hollis. One of Rachel's big personal points is to wake up one hour earlier every single day and make it for you. So what do you do in that time? Well, you do whatever you need to do to get closer to your goal that would feel better in the long term than an extra hour of sleep ever could. If your goal is to get stronger, you're working out. If your goal is to write a book, you're writing. If your goal is to further your faith, you're praying or meditating or reading your Bible. Whatever the goal, there should be a clear correlated line between what you're doing with that extra hour and it. For myself, I start with a workout since getting my body moving is the best way to get my mind changing. I'm going for Elwood's motto, exercise gives you endorphins, endorphins make you happy, and happy people just don't shoot their husbands. 
<laughs> After my workout, I journal on gratitude and dream manifesting to set a good tone for the day's productivity, and I also do my daily devotional. While journaling and devotionaling, I gulp down a protein shake before breakfast and try to just really focus in on the day's intentions. Before all of that, my mornings would typically start with me near-blinding myself with my iPhone light and giving myself a black eye from dropping it on my face before even making it out of bed. Good morning to me, am I right? And I'd be doing things like checking social media messages and emails, wondering why I'd get out of bed already feeling behind and not caffeinated enough for the day. Because I was adopting other people's to-do lists for me as my own to-do list for the day. I was allowing way too much of other people's opinions and wants of me to dictate the direction of my day before it even began. It was starting off on the wrong foot, three steps behind, for people who had their own best intentions at heart instead of mine, because I wasn't even calling first dibs on my own calendar. All that being said, the one hour earlier strategy is really just meant for you. There's obviously a time and a place to help others or put others' needs first, but if it's running your day-to-day to to the point where it's preceding your own health and well-being, well, something's got to give. So I start one hour earlier. In your own morning routine, you might not be working out or doing a devotional or journal. You might be meditating on the lawn or doing the dishes or writing a novel. Literally, whatever works for you is what this hour is meant for, and it's meant to eliminate the excuse of the kids waking up or the day job that starts at 9 a.m. It's just for you. Since I know you're a selfless one who will put your own wants and needs on the back burner for everyone else and their mom, right? It's time for you. So if it means a morning routine one hour earlier than before, that's that. All right, this brings us to step number four, which is to get routinized. The easiest way to do hard things is to make hard things habits. And the way to make habits is to ease into it with a dedicated routine. Really, routine is the key since routines are made up of habits. Habits are what get us to the next level since they eliminate our ability to emotionally reason our way out of a situation. Remember how we just talked about eliminating excuses and developing discipline and committing to 100% already? Well, we're still human. And I don't know about you, but I swear I was a lawyer in my past life because I can reason my way out of anything I don't want to do and call it self-care. If going to the gym at 5.30 a.m. every single morning becomes habitual, it's not an option. No matter how tired or hungover or I just don't feel like it, we might be that day. When creating your own routine, it's important to be intentional but also realistic and ease into it. So I say ease into it here because the quickest way to completely overwhelm yourself is by going balls to the wall too soon. If you're used to getting up at 7.45 to lazily shower and loosely get ready before being at the office for 9, a daily 5 a.m. alarm to go pump iron is not going to feel like a walk in the park. If anything, it risks unsustainability or burnout since your body has no clue yet how to adjust to this new cycle. So instead ease into it. Start small at first, so long as you're starting somewhere. Practice creating an intentional, dedicated routine that can and will become a habit and get as specific as humanly possible with it. I'm talking step one, wake up at 5 a.m. Step two, pee. Step three, walk downstairs, feed the cats. Step four, take out vitamins. Step five, start the Keurig. Step six, open your devotional. Step seven, drink coffee while reading daily devotional, etc. 
It's a routine, yes, but it's so insanely specific that each individual step can easily become a force of habit where you just do without even thinking. That's the goal here. Just do it. No room for feeling otherwise. Eventually, you won't need to write down every itty-bitty step along the way, and it'll just become second nature. In order for you to get to that level, it's going to take one thing and one thing alone. Consistency. Which brings us to our fifth and final step to becoming a morning person, or making mornings happen, or whatever the heck you want to call it. Step five, get consistent. Consistency creates habits, and habits eliminate thinking. If you can eliminate that internal battle of, should I or shouldn't I wake up early? Can I or can't I make it to the gym today? Do I or don't I work on my screenplay or start this business or whatever you've got your sight set on? That's where the magic happens because you've saved up more decision-making power for more serious choices later in the day. I remember learning all about this in one of my favorite classes in college that I didn't blog through, (laughs) and that was positive psychology. Holla at any positive psych majors tuning in. But it's a scientific and psychological fact that your willpower is like a muscle. As you use it, it tires out just like your biceps would with more reps at the gym, and you can eventually be left with what's called decision fatigue. When that happens, your brain just kind of shuts down and reverts back to basics, to habits that don't require thought, which is why getting consistent with what counts really matters, especially when it comes to making mornings more impactful, and especially if mornings have not really been your thing before today. First thing on the list to get consistent with are your wake-up call and your bedtime. Set the alarm and stick with it, and to make it easier on yourself, hit the sack at whatever time you need to to get as many hours of sleep as your body needs to be at its best. You and only you know yourself best, Maybe you need nine hours of Z's, maybe you need six. So don't compare yourself to anyone else on your Instagram feed here. If you've got to get to bed at 9.30 instead of midnight, then commit and know that that's just what it takes to get where you want to go. And that's okay. If you're in the zone of trying to coordinate wake up with bedtime for your ultimate personal combo, it might feel unnatural at first and your body might take some adjusting. And that's also okay. Some things to try... Cut out technology for the hour before you're trying to fall asleep, since blue light from your phone can make neurons fire, keeping your brain awake. Try gratitude journaling or light reading to mentally wind down, or try different natural supplements or solutions to encourage sleep. I've seen calming gummies on Amazon that are just magnesium supplements. Of course, consult with your doctor before adding anything like that into your routine, but know that it's an option to help get you started. When it comes time to actually wake up, I personally like using the iPhone bedtime functionality since it wakes you up in a more gentle fashion than just a blaring buzzer at your face. But I've seen this recommended by some friends of mine and I'm dying to try it out. A smart alarm. A smart alarm can be just an app on your phone that requires some sort of brain power to turn off. Since your typical alarm can just be mindlessly shut off, which my husband is living proof of, he can end up not realizing it even went off in the first place. (laughs) A smart alarm can A, wake you up, and B, keep you up. So you might have to do some basic shape matching or a quick riddle, but it'll force you to start functioning and not just snooze and snuggle back into bed. Another tip here is to set up the night before for the next morning. You know when you're trying to force your butt to the gym so you leave your Nikes in plain view so that they're unavoidable? 
Same thing here, just set everything up to prepare for the next morning. Your coffee mug under the Keurig, your planner open to the day's page, which is already filled out and ready to go, your outfit picked on the closet door. Again, we're eliminating the need for decision-making. We make on average somewhere near 34,000 decisions a day. Literally, that's a scientific fact. Every little thing is this or that in our heads, regardless of whether or not it feels like a difficult decision in the moment. So we really need to save our headspace for the decisions in our day that are actually really freaking hard, like important calls at work or things regarding our health or family. Ain't nobody got time to waste on petty choices before the day has really begun. Anything that could be overridden by a do I feel like it or not should be pre-planned so that the only choice at hand is to go. So my friends, that sums it up. You ready for tomorrow morning? <laughs> in all seriousness, rocking mornings doesn't happen overnight, or at least not in one night. So like any big change in life, give yourself grace and commit to what feels most realistic to you now before pushing for more next. Wait, before you go, if you like what you just listened to, drop us five stars on iTunes. Make sure you're subscribed to never miss an episode of Thrive. And if you're on Instagram, snap a screenshot and share to your story with what episode you're tuning into and tag me at Erica Legenza with what part resonated with you the most. That way I can see what's helping you and your friends can pick up a helpful tidbit too. Thanks for tuning in. It's your time to thrive.